Hi, I'm Laura Allen. And I'm Liv Austin. And between us, we are a songwriter, actor, singer, producer, and the hosts of My Amazing Mess, a podcast where we talk to creatives who are right in the middle of developing their own unique careers. They are totally honest with us about what it takes to pursue their dream job. The exciting highs, the disheartening lows, and the amazing mess that is everything in between. Today we are talking to Emily Hughes, who is a professional ballet dancer and uh, yoga instructor as well. She's she's a very positive energy. It was a, a real episode about listening to your your gut and finding your path of things that you naturally gravitate towards. And and it was interesting to talk to a ballerina who I mean that lifestyle is is something that I I mean I loved ballet as a child, but don't think I would have had the strength to go into it um, as a profession. So really interesting to hear about her path and where she's ended up now. Yeah, it was great to hear how she found yoga, which is now her main career path and her main passion through kind of struggling a bit with uh, with the industry and uh, still loving dancing, but finding the industry quite draining at times and how that, you know, those tough moments can really lead to a new passion, which uh, which was really cool to hear about. Yeah, she's a real one for not giving up the the feeling of wanting to be creative and wanting to to keep making things and making things happen. So, yeah, a really great episode to listen to for just some inspiration on sticking with it and keeping going. This is Emily Hughes. We are here today uh, with the Emily Hughes, who is ballerina um, and yoga teacher. And I would say on social media, you're very positive output into, you know, being confident and happy. And so, yeah, really excited to to be here chatting with you. Yeah, super excited to have you. It's really cool to be like, we have a ballerina in, in the studio <laughs> sounds really exotic full disclosure I live with this girl and yes. um I never see her do any type of yoga or ballet, ballet stuff until I leave and look on Instagram and see like leg up to the ceiling I'm like I don't know you can do this stuff how do you do it <laughs> I don't think it's real I think it's just photoshop yeah exactly yeah. you're yet to see it in real life so you don't it's all really fake. It. it's all fake <laughs> so we decided we really would love to have you on the podcast just to find out kind of how you got into it and kind of what you're doing now because your your start was ballet right so take us back to the very beginning was ballet the first thing were you kind of always dreaming of being a ballerina yeah so I started ballet my parents literally just put me into ballet as a lot of parents do when you're three years old it's like a little after school activity and then I literally just loved it from the start um always always to my parents were like when's it ballet time like take me out of school get me to ballet used to like hop around and make little dances up in the house (laughs) and um yeah so I was there most nights after school up until the age of about 14 and then my ballet teacher at the time said to my parents like oh I think that you know she has a lot of potential maybe we could like talk to her and see if she wants to take this further um so then I decided that I did I couldn't think of anything better at that time so I auditioned for some of the kind of professional schools and then managed to get into one so when I was 14 I went away to Elmhurst which was in Surrey and then it changed to Birmingham 
um, about a year after. So then I went there and then stayed there until I was 19, graduated from there. And I think that period of my time, like anyone who's kind of gone away to a vocational school to kind of do something that's really full on. And obviously you're going after your dream and like what you want to do, but it's very kind of strict obviously and you learn a lot about yourself because you have to grow up really quick if you're going away to school when you're 14 or a lot of people go when they're 11 like you become independent from such a young age so obviously you're going to learn so much but um yeah it was like a love-hate relationship with school loved it but then at 19 couldn't wait to just break free and get out into the real world what was the age that that you were discussing like if this was what you wanted to do professionally was that was that around the age of 14 or did it start younger than that no I think it was at 14 I think I just always had it in the back of my head that once I knew that it could be something I could do professionally, then I was like, yes, I kind of want to run with that and try at least. And what is that? What is that discussion with like your family <laughs> at that age? Because I think everyone we've spoken to, especially me, I know that I was always going to finish school and then decide if it was still what I wanted. So I'm so intrigued of what, what was that conversation like with your parents and kind of, yeah, what was that thought process? Um, so my parents were super, super supportive. They always have been, bless them. So it was kind of never like a big main discussion with them, interestingly. It was more just like, is this something, you know, you really want to do? And they kind of like had the quick discussion with me of, you're going to be away from home like are you going to be okay with that like you might get homesick it was more that than is this something you want to do as a career because I think at that age obviously you might start it and then actually realize that it's not for you so it was more the fact that are you going to be okay like could you survive going to boarding school that was that was it really and then I then I went off and like (laughs) what what was life like being a 14 year old being away from home surrounded by other ballerinas because I guess competition I guess maybe starting to hit you in the face there and then or was it more kind of being surrounded by your peers doing the same thing how did that kind of feel it took me a while to actually just relax into it I was super super homesick when I first went and I used to I used to have a calendar on my bedroom wall and I used to cross off the days So every three weeks we had a leave out weekend, which was when we got to go home or at least see our parents. And I literally every day I'd cross it off and be like, okay, like 10 more days, five more days. And that was at least for like two months. So it did take me a while to just kind of settle in. And then once I did, it was, I loved it. My year were really good, super friendly. And there was one girl who's still my best friend to this day. And she was there to kind of, I think she knew it took me a little while to just kind of, become comfortable so me and her just clicked straight away and got on I think without her it would have been a lot different because I kind of I got into the school halfway through the year so I actually joined after Christmas so it wasn't like I was joining a brand new year when nobody knew each other everyone had their clicks and their friendships and so as a 14 year old that's quite hard to go in and be like hi like I'm the newbie like me (laughs) but no everyone was lovely and yeah I loved it um and just kind of got stuck in and it was long days hard work that's you stuck with I mean I'm thinking like a 14 life is tough enough anyway isn't it just to kind of cope with any normal life and to to be without your your parents and to like come halfway through the year and not to mention that I can, you know, I'd love to hear about like the training itself. I can only imagine is quite tough and not just physically, but also mentally. And uh, it's either going to break you or make you really strong, isn't it? Yeah, 
Absolutely. So, yeah. It's like any kind of performing career. Everyone knows it's so cutthroat and you're kind of trained. I always say you're trained like machines from such a young age because you have to be, like you say, like you're either going to make it or you're not. You're going to be strong enough or not. And they kind of drill it into you that you've got to become thick skinned. You have to take things on the chin. You're going to be given so much kind of criticism. Like very rarely we were told of the stuff that was good, you know, like, ah, oh, that's like amazing. That's really, really good. We were told like, no, that's not good enough. This has got to be better. Like, no, no, no. And so all these no's kind of just become normal. And then you just kind of roll with it and just become stronger, I guess, over time. But yeah, it's not for everyone, for sure. I don't think many people could do that lifestyle. So what was a, a normal day kind of at a ballet school? Was it mostly dancing? Was there a lot of academic stuff as well? What, what was it? Yeah, we had to do both, which I think is good. So we would get up about 6.30, I think. And then we'd have a breakfast kind of all together. And then we would go straight into kind of like your ballet training, your dance training, and you'd have a couple of hours doing that. And then you'd have a break and then go and do some academics up until lunchtime. Then you'd have an hour for lunch and then you'd go a couple more hours doing some more dance training, whether that was ballet or different style or kind of like point work or repertoire or bringing in pas de deux or whatever. And then you would have another break, 20 minutes or so, and then you'd go up until about six o'clock with more academics. So it's quite full on. And then obviously you'd have your homework afterwards and whatever else you need to do, which could go up to like eight o'clock. And it's all kind of very scheduled and on time. And you've got your house parents kind of like making sure you're in your dorms, doing your work and like doing what you're supposed to. So there's not much room to be little rebels. <laughs> I'm kind of imagining that, you know, people who go to a school like that to do ballet, that even with academics, you're quite, you know, you do what you have to do. You're not just like, oh, God, we have to have like proper school now. You know, this is I can imagine that you were overall working fairly hard. Yeah, I think like young performers just have that in them they have that kind of drive and discipline to know that it's just what you have to do and obviously that passion is there behind you so it's fueling you but I always say as well like any little thing that we did wrong compared to a normal school we would be told off for like the slightest little things that a normal school would just think is nothing so yeah we were super super disciplined but I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing because it kind of drives you, it kind of turns you into that person for when you grow up, you know? If you have that young discipline and focus, then it kind of takes you on into later life. So what is the expectation then as you get to the end of end of a training like that? Is it is there expectation from the school to kind of all their students to go out into companies and perform or is, is there quite an expectation on yourself to, mm. to go and do that? How did you feel as you approached that? that point that final year at school I think is one of the most stressful years I've ever experienced because you're going through you have about four assessments at the school in that final year where they're getting in directors from different companies to come and look at you and to kind of assess you know if you're good enough to be a professional or not and then you're obviously having to arrange all the auditions so you're kind of spending a lot of time outside of school and it's super super scary because you've dedicated your whole kind of teenage life to this final year of hoping to god that you get a job and it, it's 
super, super stressful because, yeah, you feel like if you don't get a job out of that graduation year, then you've kind of somehow failed because then what do you do? And like all the teachers are putting this pressure on you that that that's the aim. Like you you have to go into a company. Otherwise, what's you know, what's the point? So, yeah, it's it's scary. It's stressful. But luckily enough, I did get a job straight after graduation so then I went to Estonia with two of my friends from my year which was so nice so I went there that was a ballet company over there so I stayed for two years there and learned so much because obviously it's so different to say being here in London super super cold which I didn't like (laughs) but um the culture there is beautiful and all the buildings ballet over there is kind of really like respected still so going out to the ballet is kind of like a big event where people get really dressed up and there's loads of events in the theatre and things so yeah I loved it but decided that two years there was enough for me I felt like I couldn't really grow in my career anymore if I stayed longer so I decided to do the jump back to London which I'd never lived or kind of spent that much time in but I was like I feel like I just need to go to London to make it and you know yeah live just, out my dreams d- just in case anyone's wondering because it's so funny I can't hear the accent at all but you're not a London born girl you're... no I was born in Newcastle yeah um, I can't hear the accent at all yeah it's really soft yeah, yeah. <laughs> certain words grass and whatever yeah. so I guess yeah so then a jump to London is is a is a big leap isn't it yeah so yeah obviously never kind of been a big city girl before but in my last year in Estonia I was always feeling like I was going to be done so I just moved moved back I didn't have anything to go to which a lot of people would think is a bit crazy but I just thought if I really want something then I've just got to go and make it happen so I came back and was staying on a friend's couch for a while kind of doing all the auditions and hoping that I would get something doing like odd jobs on the side just to kind of keep afloat and then yeah I was lucky enough to get a job that was in a touring ballet company for a year I think in total and then from that other kind of jobs came in and um, went here and went there and then I at some point I kind of, this gets into all the competition and things, I started to realise that deep down I wasn't feeling as fulfilled as I once was when I started. So that kind of passion that I had turned into almost like a feeling of not enough. You know, like there's so much, or that feeling of passion was kind of masked with all the auditions and all this kind of yes, no, back and forth of being employed, being unemployed was just getting to me, I think. And I hit kind of a wall where the love of it started really turning into, okay, this is a career. It's hard work. It's cutthroat. It's a lot of like bitchiness and backstabbing and the environment wasn't sitting with me right over time. And it's not to say like, I absolutely love the performing world. I have nothing against the performing world. It's more just the environment of, I don't think there's enough there supporting people with the mental health side of things. So I started feeling kind of low and a bit lost and kind of not sure what I wanted to do. So a friend of mine was like, oh, let's just do something really different. Let's like go and do a yoga class. You like go and stretch and zen out. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds nice. Why not? 
And then now, after that first class, originally I was just going as something super basic. Didn't really know anything about yoga at the time. And now, like five years later, I'm a yoga teacher because after that first class, I completely just gelled with it, fell in love with it and realized that there was more to it than just sitting down and breathing and stretching. And it helped me at the time to still do all the dance side of the stuff, but have a place where I could go to, to be like, okay, work on my mind, just get out of these like exterior extremities of feeling like you're putting your worth on like other people's expectations and stuff. And then I could just, yeah, at the end of the day, go into the yoga studio and just come back into myself and kind of just work on that inner chill out, you know? Yeah, in a way, because when you say, oh, you know, you're a ballet dancer and you're a yoga teacher and in a way people kind of think that makes sense because, mm -hmm. you know, you're great with movement and stuff. But also in a way they are quite different because yoga brings out the individuality more. You are where you are in your body. You know, anyone can do yoga because you just work with what you've got. It's not about being the best. There's a lot of yeah. stuff that you can take away that you have to deal with in, in ballet, you know, and in yeah. dancing. So. That's what it was, actually, when you say it's, it's not about being the best. And I think that's more what I was trying to kind of experience. And with the whole yoga community, you realise that people aren't competing. People are just there to be themselves, just kind of work on being the best they can whatever that might look like to them and just kind of work through their own drama and whatever and then just realize that you're enough like in whatever capacity in whatever place and time you're in you're enough and that it sounds so simple to say it right now but I think so many people are like working through the same issues in life in whatever career you're in it's this constant feeling of we've always got to strive and compete against other people because yeah, we're not enough. And I just, I didn't kind of ever pick that up from life as a ballet dancer because we're always told we're not enough, you know? Um, so yeah, that brought me onto my yoga, whole yoga journey. <laughs> so like even just going back from when you, you kind of left and like you say, you felt, you know, fortunate enough to be going straight into a job in Estonia. Mm -hmm. Were there people that, that came out and, and didn't, have and and what what would you have kind of do you know what you might have thought at that time if at that point in your life if you hadn't have got that first job yeah there was there was quite a few people who didn't and um it was definitely a shock for them because some of them interestingly were the ones who you know were super loved at school so they didn't necessarily plan to not get a job straight after so they obviously found that more difficult to deal with. I think if it had happened to me, I would have probably gone straight to London and then just tried, I guess. It's all you can do, just try, audition, kind of try and get your name and self out there. And you just deal with it. I think when you're 19, you're still so fresh and so young that you have that drive anyway. So the first knockback might be hard, but then you're used to so much of it at school that it's kind of normal. <laughs> And then, you know, as you say, like you've kind of come at it a bit later of thinking, is this everything? Is this totally fulfilling? From that first yoga class, how what was the kind of process of, okay, I love doing this. I want to just keep practicing and keep doing that. 
to I want to teach this and make this actually like a mm. lot of my life. It was actually quite quick for me. Yeah, from literally two classes in, I 100% knew that there was something in it that how I was leaving the classes, the feeling that I had of oh, just like, oh, I feel good. I feel relaxed. My mind is like at ease. So I started reading books about the whole philosophy of it and how that works with the mind. And then probably about a month or two later, I started looking into teacher trainings. I didn't actually do it that soon, but I start, I think I knew in the back of my mind that it's something I was going to go into that I wanted to teach other people it so yeah I just kept doing kept going to different classes keep experiencing different teachers and then I think it was three years later I decided to actually go to India for the month and get my first 200 hour teacher training and that was quite um, random a friend of mine had been and she loved it so she recommended it to me originally I wanted to go to Bali I had Bali in my head for years and I was like I'm gonna go to Bali and just <laughs> go there on my own and like you know find myself but then she said India so I changed and went there yeah stayed for a month and it was amazing absolutely loved it the place itself was stunning but just to be able to wake up spend all day doing yoga practicing yoga learning about the philosophy and the ideas behind it and where it all comes from was massively impactful. And I'll always remember that. I think as I teach now, I say a lot of the stuff I learned from that very first training. And yeah, so now I teach, I was kind of teaching on the side of dancing for a while, whereas now I've kind of turned that into more teaching. I don't really dance so much nowadays. Are you yeah. happy with that shift? Do, do you feel like that makes sense that you've kind of like, it's it's gone from the, the side thing has kind of become the main thing at the moment. Do yeah, it's, like it was a natural progression. I don't feel, I think I talked to a lot of my friends who are still performing or a few who are kind of going through that point where they're feeling that maybe something else wants to come in or they're getting a bit bored of this kind of whole back and forth of the auditions. And they find it super hard because they don't have this other thing that they're as passionate about. Um, whereas for me, it was really gradual and natural that I feel so lucky to have that because I know how hard it can be. Because if you have something from when you were a young child that, you know, you spent your whole life dedicating to and then you've realized that oh, you've kind of had enough or you don't want to do it as much. And then what? It's like, what do you go and do then? I was I was lucky, I guess, that I had that. Do you feel as well like I, I know that with especially as a ballet dancer the kind of time limit on a career of that was that ever a kind of factor in the fact that you know that yoga shift of thinking I want something that can kind of go on rather than have a kind of cutoff point yeah definitely um I mean I was still probably about 25 when I started having those ideas but yeah it was a thought I mean I knew that I wasn't going to be the ballet dancer still dancing until I was 45 but there is, unlike kind of like acting where you can do that, you know, your whole life, there's a very clear point in a ballet dancer's career where not many people make it over 
let's say even like 36, you know, which is so young for a career to end. But that's just how the industry is. So it was, yeah, it was in the back of my mind that I wanted something that I could have for the rest of my life and kind of progress with and learn with. And We've spoken quite a lot about this uh, on the podcast with people who have more than one thing that they do and how much joy that that brings them. Even the joy that it brings the original thing that you were doing because you kind of sometimes fall back in love with it a bit Mm -hmm. um like we've spoken about you know me and the music you know went to drum school with with Laura Mm -hmm. you know and then uh, the music kind of started happening after I graduated I mean I'd been doing it before too but not professionally and you know I think we all like all performers get to a point where you're like this is really hard like (laughs) this is very hard to have as the one focus in your life yeah and then when I started doing the music it just gave me the freedom to not cling so hard to the acting and then whenever something does happen it's great but it's not like every day is like what's going to happen today you know with this audition you kind of you're a bit more chilled about it because you've got like your life is more than just that one thing yeah definitely and it, it takes the pressure off that one thing yeah so yeah maybe you can fall in love with it again because you have a life outside of whatever else that thing was um And I think I kind of always had that in me. I kind of knew from being at school as a 15 year old, like I was never that one who, you know, would go and suck up to the teachers or be working in the studio till 10 o'clock at night. I always had this thing where I was like, I I want like something outside of school. Like I want to go and meet someone who isn't a ballet dancer or, you know, like I think it's so important as people to have, a life outside of any career I guess I think of course it's great to be obsessed with something and totally in love with what you do but it can become massively overwhelming if that is all you know and the ballet world is such a little bubble anyway that it can make you a bit crazy if that's all you do for you know 24 hours a day so um yeah if you find something else that you can do at the same time it just relaxes the pressure a little bit I think and then you you mentioned it before as well you kind of came to a point in your in your dance career where you realized that oh yeah this is a career you know it's not just this love it's it's it is all of the the business side of things and the uh you know waiting and the auditioning and all that stuff that comes with it and I think uh it's a really important reminder like everything is a job even if you are passionate about it you want to kind of look back and go, oh yeah, I did have a life as well, you know, not just a career. It's so, so important. And also to keep kind of working on yourself outside of that career, keep like building your, you know, your friendships, your kind of whole like self-belief system, because you're going to get to a point where either it's going to go one way or the other, And so much of it is down. It's kind of what I'm all about now, I think, is because I've gone through a place where I did feel super lost and I was kind of like, I had no self-belief. And if I didn't find that yoga, that other thing that was going to help me with all these auditions and all these no's and all these, you're not good enough or whatever, then who knows what I'll be doing now? I mean, I went through a whole, probably about two years when I first came to London, where literally I didn't want to go to auditions. I didn't want to like get up and go and prove myself to some one person who was gonna be a yes or a no, but I literally didn't know what else. So 
yeah, I think as early as you can, even if you think this is your one love, I think it's important to encourage people to find something else as well. When your gut is kind of telling you to go to something, it's normally because you're good at it and it's normally because you have sort of a natural either ability or or love for doing it so I guess yeah when you when you come across those things that do spark a little something in you that you want to follow it's great that you you know came across the yoga I mean great that you had someone to be like come to a yoga (laughs) class with me and yeah yeah. who knows if she wasn't there maybe I would never be a teacher (laughs) and you you still do perform you are yeah you have a running gig with the snowman yeah (laughs) tell us a bit about that it's funny I kind of forget about that (laughs) yeah tell us about that a bit more yeah so that's um one of the West End shows that comes every Christmas the show of the snowman which is on tv every year it's this little Christmas tv show that I'm sure most people know about um see I've been super lucky that they've asked me back for five years now and that's a really really nice show to be involved with because it's more kind of I say character dancing than full-on kind of stressful ballet ballet and all the cast are super nice and the people who run it are really nice so and the royals come to watch you every year I I know (laughs) we've had the royals we've had the babies (laughs) they all want to come yeah so that's a really nice one that I've kept with and who knows maybe I'll do it again next year (laughs) and you you also do like to keep float along other uh, alongside other things you have dance acts and things that you've done for events how did that kind of all start that side of stuff yeah so I now I'm actually just putting together um a company that's going to be like an agency for performance acts but that came about because I so I had a friend who we were doing like this little ballet gig in a club in London and that had been going on for a year And then the kind of club shut down or whatever. So we were out of a job, but we really loved kind of what we were doing. We were like, ah, you know, there's something in this. You can kind of make ballet a little bit more fun, a little bit more hip (laughs) in a way and take it to the public or kind of events or whatever. So it's not just contained to a ballet theater. So we kind of just put together this little fun act and kind of marketed ourselves. And yeah, we got a few gigs, weddings and birthdays and random brand events and things. And we were doing that for probably about two and a half years. And then we kind of both went our separate ways. And now, yeah, I've decided with another girl to kind of go back to that idea, but use different acts and not just the ballet act and kind of support performers and try and get them more work. It was like just so something in that we've all spoken about is especially especially in the kind of careers that we have chosen where it is based on someone else externally giving you a yes or a no that that kind of that's the only way you can earn any money is if one person says yes you know and you have to wait until that point it's such a a lesson to think outside the box and exactly like you said like thinking okay hold on we love doing this how can we then rather than be like well the club shut down so that's the end of that you know how can how can we take that and move that into something that we can keep loving keep earning from you know so that you can do the two sides of the the love and the career the actual job side of things as well and kind of take a little bit more of the power into your hands rather than just sitting around as you say and waiting for somebody to be like yes they want her being able to go out and speak to these clients yourself and be like this is what I have just 
make something, make an act or make a business that you can push and you can take control of rather than just sitting back and feeling like, oh, nothing's coming my way. I don't know what to do. Just think of something and roll with it. When you think about it, it's almost ridiculous that we are so dependent on other people to, mm. to get us work and stuff because a talent is there with you it's sat with you wherever you go you have your talent and your experience and your training so so you do have quite a lot of control if you think in the right way so I think it's wonderful that you've utilized that yeah I think you're kind of one of these people who always has like a drive for creating something or not and I think I've kind of always had that like I've tried so many things that haven't worked and then <laughs> gone on to different things but I don't think I can just sit still and I've always kind of wanted something that I can have a say in and have my own spin on something and be able to kind of give other people work or whatever so hopefully I'm a bit crazy I'm kind of doing three things at the same time hoping to launch them all this summer <laughs> but but there's there's a reason that there's always you know famous quotes from people that have tried a thousand things that haven't worked yeah and then they've hit the thousand and one thing that has worked so yeah how's that process been of kind of starting things with that view of oh this is going to work and then feeling like nope didn't work or did you did you ever feel like failed in any of those things or I try not to see it as failure I just think if you're doing something you're learning even if you don't succeed or something doesn't go the way that you imagined it it's all growth it's all learning and there's no failure because even if you start something and it doesn't necessarily go the way you imagined, it could go into something else or you could meet someone that gives you a little hint or a tip and you turn it into something else. There's no, they're literally, I don't believe in failure. It's just growth. And you can try something if it doesn't work. At least you tried. At least you can say that you had the guts to kind of start it. But I think as well, you, you do get to a point where... I certainly feel confident in some ways. And I'm, I always think, where has that confidence come from? I've not done this before. And it's not because I've done that thing. It's because I've tried all the other things that didn't work. But but yeah. I got knowledge from where I met the right people or I felt like, you know, it didn't end up where I wanted it to, but I learned how to command the room or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So yeah, there's a, I guess, exactly like you were saying, just failure is learning rather yeah. than failure and that's the, the end point and I think as well as long as you kind of find the stuff that you really feel aligned with that you feel like it's not just going to be a one-hit wonder or you're kind of going to get sick of it after a week or so that what you're doing is genuinely things that you're super super passionate about and into then yeah you kind of just figure things out as you go and you learn so much and you find your like little place and meet people along the way yeah you're gonna fail you're gonna or maybe it's going to take two years longer than you thought. But it's that thing of always coming back to if you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like you're hustling. It doesn't feel like you're working because it's just natural. Even if you have to sit at a desk for the whole day, if that fuels there, then you just do it. You were talking about, you know, the time where you felt really lost and that's kind of then aligned with finding yoga and then going on to teaching yoga I'd love to talk to you about the mental health side of it and it seems like you are quite eager to share what you learn with other people and that's maybe what drove you to kind of want to teach yoga just rather than 
just do yoga you know yeah. and you wanted to share that what you'd found with other people so do you feel like you're able to share that in your teaching and, and kind of share the message of like be where you are I always say I don't teach yoga to kind of say to someone put your foot there or rotate your hand this much or to, to explain to someone how you know your bones are stacked I don't teach for that I kind of teach for the stuff that's behind it all, the philosophy of it. So I kind of think I'm teaching yoga, but I'm also trying to elevate people's self-belief in a way, which I think kind of yoga is all about. But yeah, from coming across a lot of people from teaching yoga classes, from speaking to people afterwards and doing retreats, it all comes back to, I think, the common feeling that everyone's wanting this feeling of connection which I think is lacking a lot these days but everyone wants it everyone's the same you know we all want to feel love we all want to feel like we're worthy of stuff like we're good enough so if we can just I think from coming from a place where I didn't have that and for whatever reason I lacked a lot of that self-belief when you when you've really experienced that and then you've managed to kind of overcome it then you can be like, okay, I want to help people who are going through the same thing, which I think is everyone. I think most people do go through a phase in their life and it's always, it's ongoing, you know, whenever like perfect, we've never learned everything. We all have emotions that go up and down every single day. And then it's, but it's just about teaching people the tools that if they do get themselves into that place that they can use to get themselves out of it and there's so many people these days who are kind of naysayers who have really like hard backs and kind of just brush off all these emotions and think they're just petty and stupid and silly but I think that if you can actually go to that place and figure out why they're there where they're coming from and how you can overcome them then it's amazing because you're growing I think life is all about growth and if you can help people to grow then it's beautiful to see. How did you, when you were feeling kind of low in self-esteem or self-belief, how did you notice it? And then how did you overcome it? I know personally with me, it wasn't until I was at my lowest that I suddenly realised, yeah, maybe I, this is mm. weird. Whereas perhaps, I don't know, is it was it the yoga that kind of brought you very present to notice it or was it happening before? No, so I think it all started when I just so just before I went away to school when I was about 12 12 13 something like that I actually went through a bit of a de eating disorder I was always quite slim but I lost quite a bit of weight within that year where people really started noticing and when I think back to it now that all stemmed from feeling like I was in constant competition with my peers with people around me I mean I've you know, I was 12, like really, what's the competition? But deep down, it was the feeling of, I'm not good enough. Like I've, I've got to be, I've got to be perfect. I've got to look, I mean, however that was in my head, you know, but yeah. And I just kind of spiraled myself into this place from one thing to another where I felt so low that, you know, I didn't want to eat I didn't have an appetite I was going to school and it got to the point where I would take something from my parents in the morning and then just chuck it in the bin and not eat, not eat my dinner and go and get a tiny little chocolate bar from the snack machine at school and then come back and you know my mom would cook me a meal 
and I'd be eating like a quarter of it. And, you know, obviously that is an issue that is picked up from my dance teacher, from my friends and all of this. And thankfully, I think if people hadn't started picking up on it, then maybe I wouldn't have got to the place where I realised that I had to kind of like get myself together and kind of realise what was going on. Yeah, because tw- I mean, 12 is a it's so young. such a young age to... I mean, I find it hard to be very self-aware about what's going on with me at yeah. now, let alone when I was that that young. So I guess, yeah, so that was more of an external thing happening with you. Do, do you feel like that's ever... Perhaps it may, maybe not to do with the eating, but just anxiety or just feeling like you have to kind of use that self-belief have you noticed that in adult life and been able to see it in yourself to to then decide to change your direction yeah still to this day I'm so so much better and that's as I say like it's everything I'm about now is like helping other people to just believe in themselves but even with you Laura because I live with you and remember when twice in my life I think I've had like a a stint of where I felt super super anxious and I remember coming home one day and I sat on the couch and I had this overwhelming feeling of like oh god like something something's wrong like I can't breathe properly I feel super like I'm gonna have an anxiety attack and that at the time I thought just came out of nowhere but now as I think back no it didn't come out of nowhere I'd had a couple of weeks before where in my head I was thinking and fixating so much on my future and all the stuff I wanted to do, but I wasn't there yet. And I had zero clue how I was actually going to get there. And so that was stressing me out to the max. And I was like, I just felt like I was getting myself into a pole of of not knowing how I was going to get there. And so... It's that lack of control, isn't it? It's mm. that you know where you want to go. But how but the you hell do you get there? <laughs> and it takes time. It does take time, which can feel like you're out of control. But yeah, I guess we all do have the control in us to decide to take the next step to to head in that direction. Yeah, and it's just, it's becoming familiar with the tools so that if these stints do happen, that you know, okay, like this is fine. Like I'm going to be okay use whatever tools you can get through like you know whatever helps you yoga meditation like going for a walk being around friends and then just working your way through it and realizing that it's normal and that so many people experience it and you know you're not weird you're not strange that you're not gonna die no but also that these things are a real thing I think that that was when I was feeling low I was like yeah but I mean just you know people have it way worse than me I just you know I'm just feeling a bit low whatever but all these things, whatever level they are, a real thing and not you don't have to feel ashamed about it at all. No, but yeah. but it's totally fine to, to talk to people or, or try and work out how you can help yourself, I think. Yeah. yeah. And the amount of times where I've felt panicky or people I know and I'm close with have felt panic and we all kind of realise that what's always happening is that we're trying to think really far into the yeah. future and fix it all today. Like, how are you going to do that? Because you start thinking, there's all this stuff I'm going to do and I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's like, well, that's because we're ambitious and you don't know how you're going to do it. That's, you know, on a good day, you'll go, well, that's the journey. That's, you know, the exciting thing. But on on days where you don't feel as strong, maybe you're trying to fix it all in one day rather than do one thing at a time. And it's that is going to be so anxiety inducing because there's no way it's not going to be overwhelming absolutely yeah you nailed it how has social media kind of played into your life because we we were speaking on the way here I was like I checked out your Instagram (laughs) Emily you've got a lot of followers (laughs) how's that where did that all kind of come into it because 
I mean, I am obviously I'm not clued up on social media. I am terrible. Well, me either, really. <laughs> yeah, how's that? How's that kind of? Because I love, I have to say, I love following you on social media. I think you're a really positive, comforting post and story to kind of come across. Even when I'm flicking through my own, even though I know it's you, I'm like, yes, I will think about that in that way today, you know, in a really amazing, positive way. So, yeah, how did that all kind of come about for you? That just kind of happened kind of randomly, to be honest. I kind of like had the basic account where I was just not really knowing what I was doing just posting a selfie here and there (laughs) and then it was once I kind of got back from the yoga teacher training and I started looking at it a bit more with what I could do with it and kind of helping me with you know business and work and whatever else and there's obviously so much going on in talks about social media at the moment because a lot of people think it's such a bad place and it's filled with anxiety and of course it can be but it's just down to why you're using it and what you're kind of looking for the, the accounts you're following are they kind of helping you are they making you feel bad about yourself and really kind of taking note of that so I choose to see it as a really helpful supportive community filled place where you can go and you can learn from people you can meet new people like I've talked to so many new people that might not live here that might live somewhere else in the world but you know you kind of become friends because you have things in common and you can learn from each other, which you wouldn't necessarily find where you lived. So yeah, I just started sort of posting yoga shots and maybe with a quote here or there. And then throughout the kind of three years, I've tried to develop that a little bit more to kind of put a little bit more personality into it. So it's not just kind of like a yoga post and no one really knows who the girl is behind it. And I think it can be used for for good, you know, there's a lot of yeah fake accounts and people who like to spam and speak nastily to people. But you just have to kind of put that to one side and ignore it and focus on focus on the good. I think it's <sighs> brilliant. I think there are always in in every generation there's something new that people go, oh, this is the worst. You know, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, a few decades ago it was you know TV is like TV is the worst, but it depends how you use it depends what the message that's put across is and if everyone used Instagram the way you do and reminding people that they're worthy and to to try and focus and be where they are then and that we all have good days and bad days that sort of stuff then it's great because then as you say you can connect with people all around the world and you don't feel as as alone maybe and sometimes you don't have those people in your vicinity or physically so it's yeah it's a a really good point isn't it that you can use it yeah it's great if especially you have a niche as well that you kind of yeah you want to find your little tribe of people all over the world that's the beauty of it as well like it's global like social media is everywhere well most places but yeah I use it for connection for for talking and meeting new people and kind of learning and do you feel a responsibility though because now that you have quite a lot of followers do you kind of feel like oh god I have to keep keep it going you know I have to to post regularly I have to oh I'm rubbish with that that's so bad I have weeks where I post nothing and then I have weeks where I post you know one every day but I I kind of I don't want to kind of stray from that because you know there's people who this is their full-time job and they have to be on it but I don't want it to become a stress I kind of just want it 
to stay natural and coming from a place if I'm inspired to post I'll post if I'm not then I won't I love that I think that's wonderful yeah as well I, I have to say that you are really real on there which I love because I mean that's something we haven't actually spoken about is that you do a lot of kind of dance photography and things which is amazing which I'd love to just hear a bit about as well but you know you could you could very easily be the, the person that just posts all their you know beautiful shots only and that's it and only you know posts when you're glammed up and at events and stuff but there's a lovely mix you know you get to be able to show your actual skill and your work and and another photographer's work sometimes as well and other times when you're just chilling at home I know that I recognize my flat so often in your post (laughs) (laughs) Um, and just cooking and you know chatting away and I think that it's it's a really good lesson I think is to just be real on social media because I think that's where the problem is on social media Mm. is when it's not real and it's very easy to hide behind a screen especially when I read comments of things even the nasty comments on I notice it more on YouTube I think when I scroll Mm. down YouTube videos oh there's so many and I just think, just you just do your thing. Like, if you don't like it, we don't all need to know you don't like it. It's totally fine. But it's become this platform where everyone can voice any opinion all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, your your photography, you go and do lots of dance photography. Yeah, it's, and- that's just a nice way to kind of keep, even if I'm not performing so much, it's a nice way to just keep things fresh and kind of all these, I mean, Instagram is a visual platform. So it's nice to have a great polished edited shot here and there. I mean, I'm not all about that. I don't really care that much. But also but... you've like, you've had, you've been on amazing shoots. Like you went up the London Eye and had a yeah, really cool shoot there. Yeah. So it must just be like a nice way to spend yeah, the day. It's always really fun as well. And again, you're meeting great creative people who you didn't know before and get to go to all these cool locations so yeah I really really enjoy that side of things so you you mentioned you've got some business ventures trying <laughs> to get them all off the ground uh, at the same time as all creative people like yep. put every egg in every basket things at once. yeah yeah um, can you talk a, a bit about them or even just what's kind of like inspired you to get going with them or yeah so I have this the one I briefly mentioned before which is the performance act agency so that's going to be called powder events and we plan to launch that kind of this summer so we're just we're kind of doing the auditions at the moment and getting the performers that we want to have on our books and then yeah be able to work with really cool events and places and locations and clients um, who literally just want to have great entertainment and then another one is to do with the yoga side of things so I'm creating a company that is going to be kind of like a pop-up concept of creating this yoga event which is going to be super inclusive to anyone if you're kind of a bit wary of starting yoga or if you've practiced yoga for 10 years we want to try and make it so there's no kind of stereotype of being a yogi or it's not off-putting for people who are intimidated to come and try it so we're just going to be you know using English words none of this kind of scary Sanskrit that people don't understand and just make it super fun and sociable and cool for people to join in with and we again plan to launch that this summer hopefully in Greece in Mykonos 
fingers crossed that all happens <laughs> i'll let you know nice <laughs> i'll be there yeah i'll be there <laughs> i'll get you guys there <laughs> count me in uh, yeah and then the third one is the nutrition company that i've kind of got myself involved with which is called isogenics and it's a network marketing company which a lot of people are aware of and it's just another thing that i'm all about kind of healthy eating anyway so I got myself into this because I love the products and once you kind of join you realize that there's a massive community that's all about mindset and personal growth and helping to develop people's business skills and life skills and all of that jazz um so three three on the go at the moment which are all new <laughs> it's exciting. it'd be so interesting to come back at some point and see like what's happened with yeah them all and, yeah see. what yeah. stopped what yeah. carried on what, yeah. maybe all three will still be you know thriving and, and booming yeah but what i like is they all kind of all three of them are sort of to do with the same thing which is what i'm trying to do so hopefully they'll just sort of fuel together and we've obviously spoken you know of going back about when you've struggled and when things have been going really well can you think of a time where you were just like the performing slash creative slash self-employed life is not for me I've hit a wall and was there was there ever a moment like maybe with the dancing or even with the yoga has there ever been a point where you've just thought enough I'm gonna just you know find a lovely company to work for or you know or another direction completely there's never been one specific moment no it was a gradual feeling which kind of hit the point when I was about 23 I think so still quite new to London and yeah I was just feeling feeling uncomfortable as I said and there's never been a, a moment where I was like I want to give it all up that was never the thing it was more I just felt like I either a needed a break or that I needed to find something that I could go alongside of it because it was just the pressure and do you know it was kind of the I don't want to say anything negatively about the people at all because that's not what it is but the environment of the industry itself can create sort of false personalities where you feel like you're kind of talking to people who don't really have your back in a way which is kind of true because you're in you sort of in competition with everyone but I think I always have this thing where I can <laughs> sounds weird but I can kind of read people's energies quite strongly and I think that's what it was I kind of realized that more and then in my 20s when I started feeling like this wasn't really the route I wanted to go down full time that was why it's because it was the environment, the pressure of the environment. And I just wanted to be around people that were just just nice and just themselves and just willing to help people and support people rather than like rah, this control. And What has felt like the complete opposite of that? When have you felt that you were most in your element career-wise and surrounded by the right people and, and felt like, yes, I can do this for a long time? And well, now I think I feel good now. And obviously there's days where I have my moments where I feel like the world's crashing in and I don't know what I'm doing. But I think that's just part of being a creative and having this kind of life where nothing's ever set and we're not in a normal nine to five job and you just got to kind of roll with the waves. And I remember there was a day where you, you'd had not a great, a great day and you told me and that you were not feeling great. And then you went out and I think you went shopping or something. And I remember that you posted in the dressing room, like a picture of you in like an outfit. And you literally were so real. You were like, 
I'm, I'm not having a great day today. <laughs> I, like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, and you don't do that very often, actually. But I remember thinking, I know she's having a bad day. And then I'm not seeing the picture of being like, uh, hey, yeah. I'm having this great day. And I'm off to the shop. So yeah. I was like, she's like, that's when I was like, I love your Instagram because it, it to me is real. It's absolutely like you know we do we do want to follow social media for the positives in life and we do want to be inspired and of feel course, good of course yeah. but to have those moments you weren't you weren't woe is me in any way but it was just a kind of meh like not a great day <laughs> oh, like Brett. this is it this is the outfit today like, it was kind of just that so yeah it just it just it's a good reminder I think to just be yeah be real yeah and speaking of that where can people find you on Instagram <gasps> Yeah, so I'm on there as Ballet Yoga Girl. So Ballet underscore yoga underscore girl, quite long. And that is where I hang out sometimes. <laughs> Brilliant. We're, we're already following you. We love Yay. it. Yeah, following you guys obviously too. <laughs> I have to get you to do some some sort of yoga stuff with me though. I live with her and we, I know. Ne- we say it all the this time. Is... We never we never do it. I'll bring you to Mykonos. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's go uh, to every Mykonos. time every time Em does a retreat, I am like, can get I get me go? there? <laughs> it's like it's always so beautiful out there. Yeah. So where can people do yoga with you if they want to have you as an instructor? So at the moment, I'm tending to just do more privates, but I'm working on that going back to group sessions. I kind of felt it's again, this this ebb and flow thing. Sometimes I want to do the groups, sometimes I want to do the privates. So I've just been doing the privates. But um, come summer, that will probably change. But again, I post everything on my social media. So if people kind of are interested or want to come along, they're always welcome to come and try it Yay. it's been so nice to have oh. you on I feel like I've learned a hell of a lot more about you after having <laughs> lived with you for three years you don't normally sit and kind of talk oh, this no. in depth so yeah thank no. you so much for coming on thank you for having me and I do want to say that I love this idea of the podcast I love the name yes. <laughs> and I think that it's super cool the idea of it because I listen to a lot of podcasts myself and love podcasts but it's true that what you're listening to most of the time, I don't know any, I don't think that are talking about people who are, you know, are ambitious or want to do their thing, but they're, they're in it right now. They're going through it. Um, they're not there yet. Um, you, are, you obviously hear a lot about people's successes of, you know, the millions they've made, which is great and super inspirational, but love, love the idea of your podcast thank you so thank much you. we'll put that on our trailer <laughs> oh yeah we are gonna get that in there <laughs> no but as as you know this season has proved it's been incredibly interesting it's just been so interesting to hear people talk about what they're doing right now yeah. and just asking you what's been kind of your most career defining time and you kind of go now which is just so cool to hear like what you're in the about. middle of it yeah. now you're figuring it all out which is interesting as well because it's not necessarily that right now I'm like doing the massive things you know but I feel like I'm in so much of a better place now than where I was like four years ago so. yeah you're kind of finding what it is that you yeah. want to do and, and there's just so much there's a victory in that just knowing what you want to do as well just yeah. kind of being clear on on what it is that you're wanting to achieve next yeah thank you so much for talking <laughs> to us for this has been you. amazing <laughs> In Monday's episode, we speak to theatre director Jane Moriarty. Don't forget to subscribe so you always get the latest episode from us.
sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it sounds mm. so... Like, mm. oh. <laughs> so professional. Well, we could try. Hi everyone, it's Laura here. While you're waiting for the next My Amazing Mess episode to come out, why don't you check in with another podcast that we love? Co-hosts Steph and Lisa, who are both performers, give you Happy Heart Podcast. They are passionate about opening up conversations about mental health, self-talk and mindset. If you're interested in gratitude, self-love and just loving life in general, you'll really enjoy this one. 